Number one, I don't care if you're at her house or you're talking in the parking lot. I don't know which is worse because I know what happens in parking lots. Like, I was not born yesterday. Nobody is conversing in the parking lot from 2 a.m. until 5 a.m. and talking about Jesus. I'll tell you that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to We Have the Receipts. I'm Chris Burns. And I'm Courtney Revolution. That's right. I'm here with my very special co-host, Courtney Revolution, who you may recognize or who you definitely recognize from season two of The Circle. Today, we are covering episode seven, eight, and nine of Love is Blind. The honeymoon goggles come off as the five engaged couples fly back home together and start to integrate their lives. We have breakups. We have makeups. We have some couples on the rocks. And at least one couple is still head over heels, right, Chris? Yes. Amy and Johnny are encountering their first obstacles as they think about their future, but they are seemingly still head over heels. So we'll talk to Johnny later in this episode. So stay tuned for that conversation. I cannot wait to hear what Johnny has to say during our interview. Him and Amy just seem like they're so in love. I hope that he has like some really good dating advice for us. And for me, yes. But first, (laughs) Courtney. Yes, Chris. We have some listener mail, okay? So listeners, or should I call you cashiers? because obviously that is my vote. Our mailbox is overflowing with your beautiful voices. So thank you so much for calling in. It's so nice that someone calls me back. (laughs) Let's press play on these, shall we? Hey, this is Xander from the Bay Area, uh, San Francisco. I love the show and I'm so glad y'all are back for another season because I need to hear everything. I also think we should totally be called the cashiers because we do have the receipts. And if we don't have them, we will be ringing them in. So it's a no-brainer for me. Duh. And I have a few predictions for this season. Number one, Jeremy will wear a Hawaiian shirt to the altar. Ooh. Good luck with that. Fingers crossed. Number two, Clay will be completely surprised when he ends up at his own wedding because has this man been to a wedding before does he have any idea how they work it does not seem so good luck ad make it (laughs) make it happen make it work and finally this is not the last we have seen of jessica somebody will choke by the end of all this (laughs) okay bye Xander, you love the show, and guess what? We love you. Okay, I am obsessed with these predictions. I will just say, it's optimistic to think that Jeremy will be making it to the altar, let alone wearing a Hawaiian shirt there. Um, But I'm excited. I really do hope that we can see, like, Johnny and Amy make it to the altar. Because, you know, they're the good couple. It's, yes. I think... That we will, but I do think that if um, Jeremy makes it to the altar, Laura will probably not make it to the altar. Maybe she'll wear a Hawaiian shirt dress. Maybe she'll make a wedding dress out of his Hawaiian shirts just to spite him. Needless to say, we'll see what happens. Hello, this is Gregory calling from New Jersey. And I love the name of cashiers because we got the receipts. Um, okay, Gregory from New Jersey. Love, thank you, and obviously agree. <laughs> Last week, Courtney, you were not here, but I had asked for help naming our proverbial group text, which I'll have to add you on. Thank you, Gregory, for weighing in on it, because 
what name is better than cashier? This podcast is all about the receipts and it's only apt that our listeners are the what? The cashiers. But this is a democratic process. So you can go to speakpipe.com slash we have the receipts and tell us what you think. Dear listeners slash cashiers. Cashiers, thank you again for calling and texting us as you're watching Love is Blind. Call the podcast. Give us your hot takes, your predictions, and your fan theories, and or your speculations and not confirmations. Amen. Because, listen, I can't wait to hear your rants and raves. Because, cashiers, do you hear how that just rolls off the tongue? Cashiers? I used to manage a grocery store when I was 19. Cashiers? It just sounds so good. So go to speakpipe.com slash we have the receipts to call us and leave us a voicemail. Also, all of this info is right in our show notes. All right, let's get into our Love is Blind recap and our conversation with Johnny. But wait, there are spoilers ahead. Yes, big spoilers, okay? So if you haven't watched episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you're gonna hear everything about them. So you've been warned. Let's get into it. So let's start episode seven. Silence speaks volumes. We're at the honeymoon at the beach. We're wrapping up for all five couples. They're headed back to Charlotte. They're moving in. They're meeting each other's families. We ended the previous episode with Chelsea and Jimmy in a emotional fight because he called AD stacked. Jimmy apologizes. He says how he can be hard-headed. Chelsea, uh, what did you think of the fight in the Chelsea and Jimmy argument. It seems like we're going to see the same argument several times, if that makes sense. Honestly, I want to say that I agree that Jimmy should not have said what he was saying about AD and her body. But I also feel like sometimes Chelsea takes it to like the next level. Mm. I don't think that he's being intentionally disrespectful, but I think that Chelsea receives it that way. She really takes it to heart and it really hurts her. Yeah. The way that it started when she was like, oh, she is so stacked, but like she acted so unfazed in the moment that I think it maybe throws him a bit through a loop when they get home and she's like... On 10. Don't you embarrass me like that. (laughs) Yeah, it's very like... When you do something dumb at the grocery store as a kid and your mom looks at you and it's like, when we get home, I'm going to beat your ass. Like, it just felt confusing a little bit. Speaking of confusing, we have the other fight resolving between Laura and Jeremy because (laughs) Jeremy tells AD how Laura told him to bean dip her. If you don't remember what bean dipping is. I explained it in the last episode. It's basically slapping a tit. Good old tit Jeremy slaps on the couch. Like... I would be so embarrassed if I was Laura because she was kidding. But Jeremy sleeps on the couch. He ices her out. And then he admits that he was wrong. What did you think of this sort of argument or him going back to the hotel and saying that he wished he could just go home? Chris, them people were drinking some cocktails. But wow, we didn't need to go that far to the point where you can't even sleep with your fiance. Um, and you, you know what I mean? Once again, yeah. just taking it to Chelsea levels of extreme. <laughs> but I d- no shade. I do love me some Chelsea, but Chelsea, you'd be taking it to the next level, girl. It's okay, girl. Like what happens when we have a cocktail or a few, sometimes things, there's a fine line between things being funny and then all of a sudden you're offended, yeah. you're upset, and it's not a joke anymore. And rah! But Jeremy, don't leave. 
Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't leave. <laughs> I think we're one of the top couples. We're one of the top? Who do you think is above us? Nobody. Nobody? Nobody. We're number one. We communicate the best. Let's come together. Last night was a bad example. Cashiers, what couple do you think communicates the best? Why do you think so? Please leave us a voicemail. Send us a DM. We want to know. Um, because... Personally, I don't know that I'm great at communication. If I'm ignoring you, you have to know that I am pissed about this thing. But anyway, let us know which couple you think is the best at communications. And then let's talk about these romantic honeymoon dates. We have Johnny and Amy on a horseback ride, which we'll talk to Johnny about because they talk about how they should have a fight just to get it out of the way, which I don't know that I love that mentality i understand it but like i was kind of seeing this guy once it was like on our third date but he was saying how basically he like appreciates when somebody will be confrontational and i was like well this is just never gonna work because i grew up very like sweep it under the rug and then vacuum so Mm. what did you think about that when you're done sweeping do you come back out and, and talk about it when you're ready at least yeah like 25 years later when now you know chris (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm just saying I get it. But at least you're self-aware. I can appreciate that. I get what they're talking about in terms of the whole, like, we need to have a fight because you you want to get to the altar understanding as many parts of the person that you're, you know, aligning with, marrying as possible. Yeah. But I don't think that they should go, like, looking for things to, like, argue or fight about. Um, I I get it, but I if there are no problems and they are actually fine— then just be fine. Like, there has to be at least one couple on Love is Blind that is, like, the majority fine. Like, you know, yeah, so yeah, be yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Own it. We love it. Totally. Which, we're kind of led to believe that that couple is going to be Brittany and Kenneth because we see them in the hotel room. They're, like, debriefing from the night before. Uh, Kenneth is very upfront with Brittany about his conversation with AD and how he thinks that it was a very honest conversation that AD didn't mean any disrespect to Brittany. I feel like the whole time they're very, like, good with each other. Except for that weird scene on the boat. <laughs> it's almost like chemistry is missing, a little bit. When they're on the boat and it's just silent for, like, 45 seconds. Which seems like forever when you're watching a show. So, what do, what do you think of Brittany and, and Kenneth? Hillary Duff has a song. Right. Um, And it's a song that I actually very much enjoy. And it's called Sparks. And it seemed as though it was missing the Sparks, the 4th of July outlet display. Like every last bit of chemistry was missing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're marrying this person. I wish that we could have seen a little bit more romance between them. You're in this beautiful destination. You're getting married. I'm clicking my heels up like the Lucky Charms leprechaun. Yeah. Kenneth seemed as though he wasn't as into it. And I wonder if it was him ruminating over the things that, like, you know, him and AD had discussed. Oh, I do wonder that. Because, yeah, it seemed like they were good. You know, couples that are like, oh my God, we're so amazing, we're so perfect for each other. And you're like, well, you keep saying that, so I guess that's why. Like, I feel like if they Mm. weren't so vocal about that, maybe we wouldn't think that. And Brittany also talks about how she loves physical touch. They're, like, waiting to have sex, but she doesn't want to wait for 
everything before that. And she mentions that to him, but it's, I don't know, it's awkward. And I think that the rain will come down and they'll have to come clean eventually. Okay. Not Hillary Duff reference number two. And <laughs> and then our final honeymoon date, we have AD and Clay, lunch next to the ocean. This is, this one was hard to watch. I have to say. Like, this is my favorite. Him slurping the soup and her watching, like looking over the top of her eyes at him. I'm her Oof. all day. Literally her. Like, I love you to death, but God, that's gross. And there is a chill sprinting down my spine. You could see it in her face. I said, AD, I felt that. I felt that, girly. Because You feel the slight it coming. It's like Taylor Swift when Travis yes. is yelling about Viva Las Vegas over and over again. And you kind mm-hmm. of see the ick washing over her. And he kind of seems to be like in a different world. He's, he's very back and forth it seems, on this relationship. He says how he wants to grow into the person she deserves, how he's, like, afraid he's going to cheat on her. He didn't know men wore wedding bands. That confused me. He didn't know that the dad gives away the daughter. I'm like, do you not watch movies or TV? How are you signing up for a show to get married and you don't know how to, how to, how the wedding work? Chris, how you sign up to, for a marriage show and you don't know how marriage works? It's on every movie, every TV show, every... Everything. Everything. AD seems a little bit caught off guard by that, which who wouldn't be? I would be like, I don't know if you're kidding or not. I don't know you well enough to know if you're joking. But needless to say, we have a group beach day. The gang is all here. Jeremy's in his Hawaiian shirt, (laughs) which this is the only time it's a beach day. Let the man wear a Hawaiian shirt when he's on the beach. I agree. That's what they were made for. Tommy Bahamas are there for when you're in a Bahama-like atmosphere. We have Jimmy approach AD and kind of doesn't really apologize, but tells her that he's closer to Chelsea. I do I feel agree. like... And I think that that's sort of just like why she had made the comment like, well, I'm glad you and Chelsea, like y'all got closer after talking about my ass. I'm glad that that was a turning point in your relationship. Because like, why are we talking about this? I agree. Why? Poor Chelsea, I think, has some other things going on. and The fights are just coming out over other things. What do you guys think, cashiers? What do you think about Jimmy? Does he owe AD an apology or not? Let us know. We have AD and Jeremy. Jeremy's apologizing. AD is just standing there while men come and apologize about <laughs> talking about her ass or her <laughs> boobs for this whole beach party. But then he moves on, Jeremy moves on, talks about how Clay is so wonderful and how focused he was on her in the pods. I just feel like AD and Clay, I just don't know how to feel. (laughs) I like AD and Clay, but I'm not blind to the fact that there are some things there. And I feel as though as time goes on, those things will reveal themselves. Yeah. Also, like, everything goes back when AD is like, normally when I see red flags, I just paint my nails to match. So I'm like, girl, are you seeing the red flags? Because it is so hard when you're drawn to someone and you're like, oh, I know you're going to ruin my life, but let's fuck it up. (laughs) It's giving that. It's giving that. And I don't want that for for either of them. No. My girl AD, we need you to get in a fast car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have Jeremy. And Jeremy talks about how he wants to meet Sarah because he feels like this is a woman that he was so close to for a period of time and he wants to meet her. 
it came down to just a fun thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I want her to know that just because, like, I would still be friends with her outside of this. I would be like, the fuck do you need to meet her for? <laughs> like, <laughs> I would not be on board. I would be like, we're not even going to parties that she's at. That's how that's going to work. Anyway, we go back to Amy and Johnny. Amy is not using birth control. Johnny and Amy have a conversation about that. I guess this is sort of the manifestation of the conversation they had on the horse about if they should fight or not. These are things you have to talk about. But the honeymoon, basically, that's it, okay? Honeymoon is over, and we're back at the apartments. We have Brittany and Kenneth organizing things. Let me say something. Brittany and Kenneth would be great co-workers. Oh my God, yes. That's the vibe. Yes. Brittany, you need to be the guidance counselor over at Kenneth School, where he's the principal. And, oh my God, she's in the money. Period. Yeah, which I didn't know you could, A, be a principal at 25. Yeah, he's kind of young. That's crazy to me. He's also constantly on his phone. You just get back. So you just get your phone back. So I get catching up with people, but... Chris, I'm going to tell you right now, leave that man alone. When I got back to the flat, Oh, I forgot. Once that, that circle you game ended, have done this. and I picked that phone up, I think I literally laid in the fetal position in my bedroom with the door closed, and my chaperone literally checked on me three times, like, "Are you good, babes?" And I'm like, "I'm good. I'm just Twitter and like my friends and like and like I literally didn't get off my phone until I was like back in America. <laughs> I got it. I got that. But I came off of a competition show. You're on a love show about to marry this woman that is clearly pining for your attention." Um, she's like asking him stuff and he's like, yeah, I, he didn't even answer one of the questions she asked him. And then he said he was going to go chill downstairs. I said, oh, no, she want to go upside his head. I feel it. I feel it. Now, why you did that? Now, kind of come on now. And they still going to be there. So I guess he's like back to work. Mm. But also I would be like, apparently the school has something more important to say, which they probably would. And that's why it wouldn't work out between us. But <laughs> we have AD and Clay. Um, he says his family says that he's changed. He's opening up about how his dad would cheat on his mom and would like take Clay on some of the trips where his dad was cheating on his mom. Mm. Obviously, that's going to affect how you think about relationships. Mm-hmm. So if I was AD, I would be like, definitely that's a red flag for me. But wait, he followed it up. Chris, wait, he tried. He said he wanted to go to therapy. Well, he keeps saying it, though. I would have went before doing the show. That's just me and my life decisions before I involve someone else in my childhood trauma. But when the Powerpuff hotline rings and they say, girl, it's TV time. Now's your shot. You got to answer the call. So I get it. Fair. What do you think? Is Clay ready for marriage? Do we see any red flags here? If you say that you don't, you're lying. But let us know what you think, because we're getting into episode eight. Clinging to love. Things are getting very real. We have Chelsea and Jimmy deciding that they will ditch their roommates and live in a studio together, which nothing's going to break up a new relationship faster than that. But whatever. Clay, meanwhile, has a whole ass house. (laughs) He got a place at 21. So that's impressive. Like, I'm like, you bought a house at 21. I'm fucking 33 years old and I'm still Googling, like, how to apply for a mortgage. Obviously, AD is impressed. He has silk pillowcases. He has a vision board. Like, Clay has more going on, I think, than he wants us to believe. Yeah. We have Laura and Jeremy talking about their cleanliness all the time. 
I think Laura thought he was lying about how clean he was, but he was not. It literally does look like the Netflix housing that is set up for them, like when they're at his actual house. It looks staged. Giving serial killer vibes, but like in a good way. Yeah. I Is that a red flag for you? I would just be like, how long have you lived here? I don't think that's a red flag. I, to be honest, I have ADHD. Once she got to the gold utensils, I don't think I would have focused on anything else. I'd have been like, oh my God, and they all match? Fun. Meanwhile, Kenneth has no food. He's probably eating the school lunch. Mm -hmm. What does he need food for? That's not a red flag for me for a 25-year-old guy or 25-year-old person in general. No. He's constantly on his phone. Um, Brittany's concerns are starting to raise here. Mm -hmm. They think they can make it work because they're strong. I don't know. Cashiers, what do you think of all these homes? Okay, because do you see any red flags? Everyone is clean. We don't see any disgusting houses. Yeah. Let us know. Like we said, leave us a voicemail. Um, now we have Chelsea inviting friends over. And she talks about Trevor. Which Trevor, we haven't talked about Trevor yet. It kind of broke my heart for Trevor. Like, I feel like Chelsea and Trevor would be a good couple. No offense to Chelsea and Jimmy. They're also good. I just think Trevor deserves a second chance. And Chelsea talks about how Jimmy's not that affectionate. This is to her friends. Yeah. Like, you have to be careful about telling your friends this stuff. Because as the friend in this situation many times, like, when you come to me in two days being like, I, we're getting married, he's the best. I'm going to be like... Girl. Exactly. We both know that's not how you feel, but okay. I also felt that she was revealing too much to the friends. I was like, well, okay, girl. I think that I personally would have just used just a tablespoon more tact about things I was discussing with the friends yeah. on television in that way. She also mentions how Jimmy has seen Jessica's social media. So... I'm really upset that we didn't get that on camera because I, I would have liked to see his genuine reaction. A gasp. <laughs> A gasp because Jessica is really beautiful. So I would also be like nervous, to be honest. I would just be anxious that he's going to be like thinking about that. And then we have the Kenneth and Brittany of it all. <laughs> uh, were you surprised by this? I want so badly to be able to experience like so much of that crave that I had with you in the pods. Oh, uh, yes and no. They basically like slowly break up. <laughs> like the conversation <laughs> just like goes from her being like, I feel like you're not that into me. And he's like, I am so into you. And she's like, it doesn't seem like you're that into me. And he's like, this is what it's going to be kind of. <laughs> It doesn't seem like he's that concerned by her concern. It was like, well, I accept you for who you are. Sometimes I want to tweet, tweet, and answer an email for eight hours. Like, I don't know what you want from me, sis. It's so new, though. Like, if he's doing this now, girl, in a year, you're not even going to be staying in the same room. Here's my confusion. This is where Brittany used confused on me, and it, and it, and it worked. She has said something to the effect of, you don't crave me, right? Yeah. Y'all are saving y'all stuff. I don't understand what kind of craving she would like from Kenneth. I think they both want that feeling of like, I wish we could, but we're gonna hold back. Like, right? <laughs> it doesn't count if we like, 
keep it above the waist. Like that kind of vibe. And I think she's not getting that. He said, Kenneth was like, I came in, you turned the lights on. Girl, do you want affection or not? He's getting how <laughs> he work all day. He get the hair twisted. He come home and try to show you some love. And you don't want no love. And then you wake up the next day talking about, you're not craving me. Girl, you ain't White Castle. <laughs> like, where's the compromise? You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but I just don't see the chemistry there fair i think britney is admitting that they don't feel chemistry and i think kenneth is pretending like he does and he does not Mm. i think he liked her i think he liked her but i don't think he was like obsessed with her he wasn't craving her (laughs) exactly clearly i want someone to think of me as white castle as well i'm the grave case damn it (laughs) (laughs) cashiers whose side are you on are you on team kenneth or Team Britney, or Team It Just Wasn't in the Stars. Because that's kind of what mm. I feel like. I don't think there's teams yeah. here. I think that they both are just, like, not meant to be. Fair. We have Chelsea and Jimmy debriefing once again. Jimmy, I can't with all of this. He bit his lip, <laughs> and it's like this man has been diagnosed with a terminal disease. He keeps going. He can't give affection. He can't kiss. He keeps bringing up. I was my lip was hurting all day. We've all bit our fucking lip, okay? Chris, I've had a root canal. I get it. I I've had canker sores. I've had it. But biting your lip, I I just I don't know. It was too much for me. And Chelsea is worried that seeing the pic with Jess is what's changing his mind. What did you think of all this? He says she's clingy. He says that he didn't want sex from her. (laughs) Like, there's a lot that would turn me right the fuck off. I'm going to say this right now. Chelsea, once again, (laughs) picking. She was picking with that man. And she knew that she was pressing buttons. Once she brought up the sex and da 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 he was trying to hold back, Chris. I saw it. He was trying to hold back. He's like, don't make me say it. Then he said, you know what? You don't play with the right one today. The camera crew, all eight and nine of y'all is here. Okay, girl, now watch this. You clingy nymph. <laughs> Got her right on together. And now, now she upset. Chelsea, I'm not trying to hear it. I'm sure you're a beautiful individual. But that moment, that specific moment exclusively... You earned that one. You worked on that and you earned that and now cash that check. Now we all laughing at you now because I giggled at that. I did. We talk about how Jimmy's like two best friends are girls, these two girls. And I'm like, this is girlfriend advice. Like like the way Jimmy argues is like, he doesn't argue like a, a, a lot of straight men would argue, which I'm here for. It was good to watch. Well, you're saying you want me to give you more love and affection and I feel like you're giving me too much. Clingy? Fucking kidding me? Cashiers, what do you make of this? Do you think calling her a clingy nymphomaniac is a red flag? <laughs> and maybe... <laughs> Chris! <laughs> I think... Not a bugaboo! <laughs> <laughs> is it a red flag to need a break from sex after you've known each other for not even three weeks yet? You tell me. And then we have Laura and Jessica reuniting. Jessica looks... Amazing as always. I interviewed her last week. So go back to the previous episode of We Had the Receipts and listen to that whole interview. She was so fun to talk to. And she says she's afraid that hearing Jimmy's voice will set her back again. I'm not getting it, but good for her. Laura talks about some drama of her own. Okay. She says that Sarah Ann reached out via 
DM, of course, and that Jeremy hearted it, and that the message was basically like, if you regret your decision, like, come hang out. So we'll get into all of that. We're on episode nine, Secret Rendezvous. I'll give you one guess what the fucking Secret Rendezvous is about. (laughs) But before we get into that, we're back to Chelsea and Jimmy, who admits that what he said was disrespectful. He kind of like is apologizing, but in a you kind of made me say it type of way. They keep fighting and then saying, I love you and I want to spend my life with you. I just don't see it. I don't see it. It's a little volatile to me as a viewer to watch. I feel like the love is there. But as a viewer, it feels like Chelsea loves more. Hmm. And I think that maybe that is where sometimes, for me personally, it's a little difficult to watch. Because it's like, it's a lot on one side. And it feels like maybe sometimes Jimmy's just trying to manage. Yeah. In their argument, he does leave. And he comes back and says he won't leave again. But you've known this person for a couple weeks. It would be really hard, I think, to just stay when the cameras are gone and it's just the two of you and i mean i guess that's how we get those amazing like security camera footage arguments that we've yet to see this season but the season's young so fingers crossed (laughs) meanwhile we have jeremy and laura meeting laura's family she brings up the sarah ann love triangle to her family weird yeah cashiers what do you think do you think that that's normal to bring up and courtney what do you think do you think that's i i'll say this i personally would have never brought that up um but hey maybe he wanted to be transparent yeah, yeah, yeah. but me personally especially parents no not me not me no. what about you would you no. would you bring it up i would not bring it up and if they brought it up i would be like what the f-? i'd be like <laughs> Kicking them under the table. And they'd be like, no, why would you bring that up? Laura is in love with you, so she's going to forgive and forget and move on. Mm-hmm. But her family is not. So they're not going to forgive and forget and move on. Mm-hmm. Either way, they, of course, talk about his Hawaiian shirts. And Laura's sister is like, girl, if the worst thing about him is the Hawaiian shirts, you got to move past the Hawaiian shirts. Sister for president. Yeah. We have 17 days until the wedding which is crazy, just roughly over two weeks. We have Amy and Johnny taking a bachata class together. We'll talk to Johnny all about that. We have Clay and AD meeting Clay's mom and sister at a restaurant. Mm. They both are like very power. Like he bought a house at 21. She's a realtor and runs a nightclub. The issue is that Clay is working too much. He's not staying at the apartment. But AD says that that's not really the problem. They both like say the problem but then they're like it's not a problem i need them to get on the same page because i could tell that clay's mom was just a a pinch skeptical and i and i felt that from her just watching the scene you know and i didn't know if she was skeptical of ad or if she was skeptical of clay i think it was just the union yeah together y'all might be more similar than y'all realize right now so y'all got to get on the same page because they're both go-getters don't let the go-getting get in the way of the love Yeah, yeah, totally. We have Chelsea and Jimmy. Chelsea meets his female friends. She's like, I feel like we're connected on such an emotional level. I think you want to be connected on an emotional level. I feel for her in this moment. Like, I feel like it's got to be kind of awkward. She's very open with them about how she 
was divorced. She built a business. She's refusing to initiate sex anymore because of what he said, which I think is fair. What do you think? This is for you, Courtney, and also mm. you, the cashiers. And it's different for us, obviously. <laughs> but how do you feel about your partner having close friends of the opposite sex? I don't really care. Do your thing. She ain't me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I need to know more about the past. Did Jimmy's friends like her? I... No. They did on camera. Uh, I don't care what they said in that interview, Well, I no. feel like, would they like anybody? Would they like anybody? That's the question. Yes. Her? <laughs> no. I'm telling y'all right now, they, there's hesitation in that interview. It was like... No, y'all don't. Y'all don't want to be Chelsea's friend. And that's okay. Just be honest. Be honest with your boy. Because Chelsea going to run all over him. And he going to be boohooing right to y'all in the bar. Yeah. Watch y'all. I'm telling y'all. I'm like, are they going to hate anybody that he brought home from this? (laughs) Like, if it was Jessica, would they be into Jessica? I don't know. Probably not either. That's why I'm like, I need to know the history of these friends. And he said, I've known them for about two years. That's not long the fuck enough. Let me tell you something. That did that did stick out to me. I'm like, two years? That no. Well, that's yeah. I don't trust anybody until year seven. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to say, where the eight-year-old friends? Where's the middle school girl? Like, you know, yes. we're looking for someone that's truly like your sister from age nine. Yes. They're like sisters to me. I'm like, you've known them for two years. <laughs> anyway, we have Amy and Johnny. They're just the front runner. Like... I, I really thought it was going to be Brittany and Kenneth the first, like, Same. five, six episodes. Until that boat ride. Yo, I love Dolphin. <laughs> I said, now, he was looking for anything, and I felt for him at that moment. Anything to talk Amen. about. She's like, smother me! He's like, the dolphins. <laughs> People love dolphins. Dolphins are also, like, the most evil creatures in the sea. People have it misguided. That's what I was thinking. But that's for a different podcast. We have 15 <laughs> days now until the wedding. We have Laura and Jeremy. This is where things take the turn, okay? So let's pretend that we're in this situation, okay? You're on Love is Blind. Jeremy mm. goes, hangs out. He says he's going to the bar to meet his friends. Laura has his location, so she knows that he's at the bar. He stays out until 5 a.m., she sees his location go to Uptown Charlotte, which is where Sarah Ann lives. He stays there until five o'clock in the morning and then comes home and sleeps on the couch. And then gaslights her in the morning to be like, like, like what, what was your take on the situation? Obviously cashiers. I want to know what you're thinking is happening between Laura and Jeremy. For me, this would be game over. Like game check. Checkmate, I'm done. I want to be honest and transparent with you and the listeners. Jeremy is probably in my top three of my favorites out of this cast. So one, I felt blindsided when this happened because I wasn't expecting this at all, even though I should have. And then two, I mean, what do you even do in this situation? I think... One, emotionally, I'm all over the place. And two, now I got to make good TV. So Jeremy would have come back to the camera crew waiting for his ass, period. Because all his stuff would have been sitting outside the apartment. And I would have told production, go talk to that man. And girl, you better hope I'm still here. 
um, when y'all are finished. Because I would have packed my stuff up so fast, went and changed the locks on my personal apartment, and maybe we could talk after the show is done taping. Because you won't embarrass me <laughs> like that on television. You will be Boo Boo the Fool. I will be at work uh, with my Stanley Cup enjoying an ice-cold beverage. <laughs> All day long. It'll stay cold. I couldn't believe he did that. Jeremy. And lied. Because he said... And lied. He's like, I was in the parking lot, and the car was in the parking lot. We were just talking. Number one, I don't care if you're at her house or you're talking in the parking lot. I don't know which is worse. Because... I know what happens in parking lots. Like, I was not born yesterday. Nobody is conversing in the parking lot from 2 a.m. until 5 a.m. and talking about Jesus. I'll tell you that. Like, no, absolutely not. Laura kind of says, like, I'm done. I want out. Guys, what do you think is going to happen with Laura and Jeremy? That's how we end the episode. So we don't really know what's going to happen. Courtney, what is one sentence, a prediction? What do you think is going to happen in the next few episodes in the weddings one sentence i would say sarah go get your man comma and the rest of y'all do your thing comma johnny thank the lord we have you because you and amy are the only two that we could really believe in amen and remember guys we have an interview coming up with him next i agree i would have to say let the mess begin. That's what I, yeah. It hasn't been that messy and it's starting to get messy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God, Jeremy. And from there, let's get into our interview with the legend, the icon, the moment, Johnny McIntyre. We are so thrilled to be sitting down with Johnny McIntyre. We watched him fall head over heels with Amy in the pods. They connected much deeper on the honeymoon, and they even learned how to dance bachata back in Charlotte. Johnny, welcome to We Have the Receipts. How you thank doing? You, how you feeling? You. Doing fantastic. Definitely a dream come true. Yeah, crazy. How did you even get the ball rolling on this? Like, What made you want to be on Love is Blind to begin with? So basically, I got reached out to like be a LinkedIn for this, wow. which is the most, LinkedIn. in my opinion, kind of like the odd way of reaching out to someone for a show like this. Uh, but they reached out to me. I was like, you know what? Why not? I know that right now my you know, dating life in Charlotte has been kind of hitting a wall. So when I heard about Love is Blind, really started watching it. I saw that it was extremely condensed and how you just have to get deep or else you don't really make it a long lasting relationship. So I said, why not give it a shot if I can, you know, connect with someone, really get deep, find out what was at least like wrong with me going into my previous relationships. It'll at least help me out afterwards. Wowee. Good thing you checked your LinkedIn messages. <laughs> I was going to say no to self. Got to keep that LinkedIn up to date. <laughs> exactly. Make sure you have a good picture. <laughs> what was in your LinkedIn profile that drew a casting director your way? I have no idea because the last time I updated that was back in 2020. Like, it was a picture of me at a wedding. That was, like, the headshot. It had me with, like, short hair. So, like, when they saw me on camera, they're like, oh, you look like this now. Like, I like the long hair look. <laughs> I think they saw that I was an account executive, so I might, I might have, like, more flexible time to actually do an experiment like this. Mm. I don't know what else was really on there. See, you never know. Go to work, y'all. <laughs> had you watched the show prior or not until you got the message? So I saw a couple episodes. It was really my like older sister and brother-in-law who were like the big reality people. And Courtney, we actually saw your show first when it first came out back in like, yes, I know the, the season two of the circle, we ended up seeing that first. And that's what really turned me on to like, this is a cool experience. Like I wonder what it would be like to actually be in this position. 
But I never saw Love is Blind until after like that first initial call of, hey, do you really want to do something like this? Mm. What did you find to be the most surprising thing about dating in the pods? How easy it was to actually talk. Like, I feel like normally when you're talking to someone, you get all these types of maybe like nonverbal cues, like their body language, maybe things kind of come up, little distractions. But in the pods, it's like you can just really open up and really just be as open as you want to or as closed off as you want to. And I feel like going through the process of actually being in the pods, it started off that, you know, I had some walls put up. I didn't really want to tear those down. And then a couple of days into it, Amy was like, hey, like, I want to know this about you. And it really forced me to tear down those walls and really open up and recognize things that I didn't know that I wanted to really confront. Yeah. When we watch the show, you're the first, I think, of the men to propose. Mm -hmm. But how long into the process did you know that Amy was going to be the girl you proposed to? So I would say it was probably day four or five. Mm -hmm. And she was really the only ones I connected with right off the bat, had a good, strong bond with, and really wanted to see where things went with, whether it was we got followed on the show, we didn't get followed on the show, went up to Charlotte. I knew I wanted to keep seeing her and keep this conversation going because we had something special. So I would say kind of long story short, maybe like day three, day four. I mean, Love is Blind involves like a lot of dating. Obviously, it's basically speed dating on pre-workout. So many love triangles. (laughs) Did you date anyone else in the pods? Yeah. So I definitely did date other women, too. And what happens is basically day one, it's kind of like a speed dating. So you go through all 15 women and you have maybe like five to 10 minute long conversations to see, you know, who vibes with who, what energies kind of match. And then you basically rank them off on who you want to see the next day. I did meet a couple of women that I did like, but for some reason or another, it just wasn't the same spark as I had with Amy. The conversations didn't seem to flow as well and they might've been fun at times, but they didn't go deep or they were too deep and they weren't fun. So it was trying to find a mix of uh, just the balance. Of chemistry and depth. Exactly. The perfect mix. Makes sense. And before we leave the pods, what would be your one piece of dating advice to the love is blind fans the we have the receipts cashiers as i like to call them (laughs) for the hopeless romantics that are hoping it's them so first and foremost is going to be be open with conversations right now i feel like people have their heads stuck in a certain direction that that needs to be this way in order to find a partner but basically just making sure that there's a compromise in conversations and you're not going in super close-minded i love that Um, that's the first one. The second one is why not commit? Why not really go into it? Because you're never really going to feel ready. So why not just try going all in and seeing where things land? Amen. Mm -hmm. Preach. So just pull the trigger and see what happens because it could be really good. There's always a million reasons not to do something. You know, Hilary Duff has a song uh, (laughs) and she asks a very important question that I feel is very relevant to this and it's called why not? And why not take a crazy chance? And why not do a crazy exactly. dance? I, f- I feel that. I feel that. It's exactly right. <laughs> That's so true, Courtney. We don't reference Hillary Duff enough on this podcast, to be honest with you. <laughs> she got to get back in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I guess we can sort of like move into the honeymoon phase of things. Mm. You and Amy sailed smoothly through the honeymoon, which I thought was great. Great. What was your favorite part about getting to know each other? So I feel like one of the best things was actually 
just getting to spend quality time seeing each other and doing mm. things in person opposed to just imagining what they're doing. And then also just getting to know like what their little mannerisms were, like how she laughed, how she walked, how she moved, like little jokes she would do, little like arm touches or like little like taps on like my shoulder or something like that. It's like those little things that I feel like you take for granted when you're seeing someone versus when you're just talking to them like over the phone or maybe like through like FaceTime or I guess in my case, just through a wall. Was it yeah. easy to do that with like cameras there in your face? Because I get awkward, like when I'm being emotional. Oh, it was like... really weird. We enter into like the resort we're at, we go to our room and then right away, it's me, it's Amy, camera guys. <laughs> and you're like, what do we talk about? Like, I'm like nervous, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And like, it's just very intimidating at first. Did you find it at all? jarring just like putting the face and the voice together yes and i really think that happened on like the first day in the dr because during our reveal i mean she basically left me speechless like i couldn't Mm. talk and that's why i kind of awkwardly (laughs) made out with her the entire time but it was weird actually putting two and two together and then i remember like when we were driving up in the little car and me just being nervous because we didn't really talk during our reveal. So I didn't know how she really felt about me and if she liked me, if she didn't like me. So I had all these like doubts in the back of my mind and it really made me start to second guess things. It was pretty frightening just, you know, opening up with a bunch of other people eavesdropping on you. Yeah, I would imagine. And when you guys are on the horseback riding date, you both agree that you need to have an argument because you haven't had an argument yet and you can't really test a couple unless you've had an argument. Do you yeah. think that it it was strange to not have argued up to that point or did you think maybe this is just how it is when it's good? That is a really good question because I think one of the big things that I was looking for is what happens like when we're at our worst. Like, do we still communicate because up to that point it was very smooth sailing we were able to we did have like disagreements able to see it like logically through each other's eyes where they were coming from and it was a great resolution but i really wanted to see exactly where she was when she was like at her low point like was she gonna lash out at me was she gonna act a certain way could i live with that and i feel like as kind of like everything progressed i realized that it was very smooth sailing It wasn't the case where I had to worry about, oh, her doing this or her doing that or her walking out because she wasn't the type of person. And I feel like that was me realizing that I have someone who's really good and I want to keep that. I love that. It was nice. So here's what I want to know. So Love is Blind is done in like parts, right? So the pod part is you're in a bubble, you go on this honeymoon, you're in a bubble, mm-hmm. and then it's time to go back to reality and move in with each other. You mm-hmm. guys are packing your stuff up, you're getting on this plane back to Charlotte. What were you thinking about? What would you say were your biggest worries going back home? So to be honest with you, going back to Charlotte, that's where I was most nervous of. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the pods, it was super easy because... If you don't find that connection, you go home with your normal life. If you make the DR breakup, hey, you know what? We tried, like, that's it. But going back home, that's where a lot of distractions take place. That's where going back to work takes place. Family, friends, all other distractions really come into the mix. And that's what I was truly the most nervous about. That's where it's, like, really tested the most. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we see when you go back, you move in together immediately, as we do on Love is Blind. <laughs> what was the most surprising part of moving in with Amy? So normally like in life, like I am very much like a workaholic. I like to work. Like I like to do my job. I like to, you know, feel fulfilled like in that sense. And going back to the townhomes, I wasn't working. Mm. So basically I had to kind of pull the role of investing and making the house actually set up where we want to be. So I was basically kind of playing that role of we have clean sheets, clean clothes, foods cooked for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm walking my dog, Gotti. As far as on Amy's side, I want her to really focus on work because she just got a huge promotion. So I want her to do that while I was kind of doing everything else. Wow. She's a bad bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of no surprises, you were kind of surprised Amy was a crystal girly. Oh, God. I didn't know that was going to be in there. <laughs> Are you a crystal person now? I'm like looking in the background for like amethyst <laughs> on the shelf or something. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely caught off my cigar with that. I, I am in, not into crystals, but I do believe in, like, I have a crystal or two, okay? I'll admit yeah. that I've dabbled in being a crystal girly myself, so. <laughs> and that's actually one of the big things, too, is, like, I do feel like the crystals do, like, help with, like, manifestation of, like, where you're going to go in life. And it's kind of, like, along the lines of, like, you know, writing down your goals and making sure that, you know, your life is headed the way you want it to be with different types of energy. So I am kind of in the same boat as that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, your sisters got to meet Amy. My family is very tough. Their approval really means a lot to me just in general. Mm. How much did it mean to you to sort of have their approval of Amy like that? Going into that, I definitely was very for Amy. I wanted to marry her. But at the same point, if she didn't connect my family, then I was very worried about that. Similarly, how I was connected with her family was going to be a huge deal for both of us. So when Maria and Anna came in and they just started screaming, giving her hugs, like, oh my gosh, I love you. And then talking to her, then after how the whole dinner went afterwards, I knew that she was definitely a very strong contender for my future wife. Mm. And how did you feel sort of like leading up to meeting her family? Like what, 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 what was going through your mind? I was really nervous going into meeting her father because I ultimately wanted his blessing. Of course, that blessing is, is, is crucial. It's crucial. Yes, yeah. it um, definitely is. Okay. I also wanted to bring up the fact that like you and Amy had these very important but somewhat uncomfortable conversations about like finances and family planning. What was your strategy going into those conversations knowing that they were going to be all over the television for us to consume? I know that basically the number one things that breaks up couples is going to be finance. If you're not seen on this age, show before. Absolutely. Like last season, other seasons, but that's a huge factor. So I want to get that out of the way as quickly as possible to see where she stood on certain things because she just finished her master's program. She got into work. So she was basically kind of fresh that whole scene. And I wanted to see what she really prioritized spending her money on, if it was investing, what kind of goals she had in the future, because ultimately I'd love to be able to retire early with a bunch of like rental properties and make sure that, you know, we have a sound like foundation for our children going forward. And I want to make sure she was on the same page as that. And I feel like if we weren't like going to be on the same page, it was going to be a huge hurdle that we have to overcome for whatever reasons. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like her explanation was sort of like, I do feel that same way, but I also believe in living life in the moment. It's a good like compromise because as we've seen other couples, it's like so black and white, this conversation. Yeah. And I feel like you guys kind of like saw each other's 
sides, even though it wasn't exactly. really like uh, an argument. And I think that's like really kind of goes back to like in the pods, what I saw in Amy that made me really want to pursue her was she was so open about everything. And she really wanted to see something where I was coming from. And it made me want to see where she was coming from too. So it made it so I was, you know, as an individual, I was very one way. As another individual, Amy was very one way. But as a couple, we have to see eye to eye and make sure that we are making compromises to make sure that in the future, for our family's sake, we are going to be seeing everything and okay with things as they come along. Which is amazing. And we see that you guys prioritize the relationship, going out on dates. Speaking of, how is your bachata going? Is it, <laughs> we still, are we still going to classes? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think with the next day we tried dancing it a little bit in like the garage and I'm pretty sure I fell over like 10 or 12 times. And when I was just like, I'm done with this. When it comes down to it, I have no rhythm. I can't dance. I can't sing. I don't know why I was shown singing in the pods too, but <laughs> it, you know what? They if you love can't laugh to do at yourself, that. Then yeah. If you can't, if you can't laugh at yourself, then like, what's the point? I agree. I think if you sing in the pods at any point, they are going <laughs> to put that in the TV show. The sad thing was, too, is that, like, I didn't even think I was, like, singing. I was just kind of, like, talking in, like, little songy <laughs> tunes, and they just kind of made a nice little song. <laughs> they gotcha. Well, before we let you go, we want to mm-hmm. play a game of Would You Rather, but with a twist. It's going to be, like, a competition okay. style. It's very important, so make sure you answer correctly, because these are incredibly real. Competition style. Okay. Question number one. Would you rather share a bathroom with your sisters forever or shave your hair off? Bathroom with sisters. No brainer. I feel like growing up, I was already sharing a bathroom with three other people, my siblings. And honestly, it was a lot of fun. Would you rather share a bathroom with your sisters forever or only be able to communicate in dad jokes for the rest of time? Do I have like an unlimited supply of dad jokes I can pull from or do I have to make them up on spot because... I'm really bad at making up dad jokes on the spot. I think I think it's on the spot, but in this scenario, you've become really good at it because it's the only way you're communicating. Okay, then you know what? Let's try that one. I'm already quirky, so why not throw another quirk in the mix? <laughs> it would like make that. arguments okay. really smooth. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> would you rather only be able to communicate in dad jokes or have to consult with crystals before making important decisions? Dad jokes. <laughs> That's how we really feel. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, just, uh, I'm just gonna. Next question, please. <laughs> would <laughs> Would you rather communicate only in dad jokes or live in mm. the men's quarters from the pods forever? And Amy is living in the women's quarters, so you don't have to like sacrifice <sighs> the relationship totally. But there's no little like wall in between the pods. We can just kind of like actually hang out. There's no wall, but you can like, it's like you're living with roommates, but it's all the men from the pods for all of eternity. Oof. All of eternity is a long time. Um, I really did enjoy the time, like in the lounge, because it was a lot of fun. It was honestly kind of like an adult summer camp. Yeah. Um, No one wants to be at summer camp forever. But all of eternity is a very long time. So I'm going to say dad jokes again. Would you rather only be able to communicate in dad jokes or every time you have an important conversation, like a job interview or you talk with your parents or you talk with your boss, you need to go to the pods? Ooh. (laughs) So you have to like put a wall up before you have a conversation. I mean, I feel like talking to my parents, like because they live in Maine, like my whole family is like very spread across like the East Coast and like Texas. 
I'm normally either calling them or like FaceTiming them. So it wouldn't really be a huge change. And like working remotely, again, FaceTiming, Zoom calls. So I'm gonna switch it up. I'll say that one. Sure. All right, you have to talk in pods. So you have it here, folks. From now on, Johnny will only be able to talk and have serious conversations (laughs) through the wall. That's all we have for you. Thank you so much for talking to us. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Courtney. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Honestly, had a lot of fun today. So I really appreciate the time. You were mad fun. Amazing. Yeah, you were great. And good luck with everything. Thank you. I really appreciate that, guys. Yes, thank you. That is all for this episode of We Have the Receipts. Please rate, review, and follow We Have the Receipts wherever you're listening right now. Cashiers, tell us what you think. Will Jeremy and Laura make up? What did you think of Kenneth and Brittany's breakup? And are Chelsea and Jimmy fighting too much? Share your hot takes. Go to speakpipe.com slash we have the receipts to leave us a voicemail. Text us your questions or thoughts at 929-487-3621. And as always, you can DM me at Fat Carrie Bradshaw. Or me at Courtney Revolution. I'm your host, Chris Burns. And I'm Courtney Revolution. And save those receipts. We Have the Receipts is a production of Netflix and Pod People. From Netflix, our executive producers are Catherine Hugh, Erica Brady, Ray Botta, and David Markowitz. From Pod People, our producers are Daniel Roth and Hannah Pedersen. Pod People. Woo! Woo!